The garden help you need. Now, Mid-South Gardening, powered by Palladio Home and Garden. Find out more at PalladioMemphis.com. On the Mighty 990, with your hosts, Vader Vance, Kenneth Mabry, and Jim Crowder. Makeup tips. I mean, in the garden. Yeah, she's in there putting on makeup. <laughs> God. Well, we're All having right, microphone now we're issues. Jim's got my mic. I'm like, Jim's snatching the mic from me. He didn't have you one over here. He didn't want to hear the makeup tips. Okay. But good morning, Miss Vader. I uh, missed you last weekend, young oh, lady. Yes. I missed y'all, too. Yeah. It's just horrible. You know, and then <laughs> I was driving in this morning, of course, in the rain on a Saturday, right? I had so rain. much stuff to get. I had so much to get <laughs> Your done. Your only outside. day off. <laughs> I, I had so much to get done, but I'm driving in. I'm thinking, do I feel? I feel like I'm running behind this spring, but I'm mm-hmm. not. Are you sure? I or mean, you just hadn't caught up in your brain to realize you are. I mean, uh, maybe. <laughs> but just think about it. the frost date is April fifteenth, right? Right. And typically speaking, you know, a lot of people don't even start thinking about planting mm-hmm. until after the fifteenth. Well, this year, March the fifteenth felt great. So people started putting things in the ground early this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it seems like people have been planning because I'm at the garden center for the last six weeks, right. which they have. Okay, then of course we get these two nights of cold, cold weather. You know, just to throw a little thing in mm-hmm. there, right? You yeah, know, we hey, yes. we live in Memphis, but I'm thinking. I'm not running behind. And it was after April 15th, too. Yes, it was. But, you know, how we always say, Memphis, <laughs> even it, so. And it's a nurseryman's plague. You, you know, yeah. when you get your inventory up to as high as you possibly can, yep. you yep. get a cold spell. And so everything has to go on the ground or get mm-hmm. covered. Or know. get racked up and, 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 yeah. and pulled inside the building and, yes. mm-hmm. and covered it's up. Just, and It's a nightmare, really. But I'm thinking, you know. Spring to me is just mm-hmm. really just now starting. Right, right. You know? Well, you know, it's like for we only put up like basil and coleus, actually impatience too, because they hate that cold soil when they're just starting. And, and some vinca. Yeah, potato vine. Yeah, oh yeah, potato vine for sure. So really all in all about the majority that we planted wasn't so bad. Yeah. Didn't get damaged so bad. Well, Just a few early things. Yeah. And, you know, it didn't have a frost. Uh, they might have had some on the outlying areas of, of Memphis, of course. But here in the city, I didn't see any frost anywhere. <clears throat> I don't think anywhere in Shelby County we got any Good. because we had uh, a lot of response on the mm-hmm. our Facebook group about, um, you know, weather conditions and what happened yeah. so we, we got pretty lucky so yeah, we made it through those two nights so now can i officially say that we're done we're good to plant Gosh. you know yeah yeah i'm saying so yeah i'm ready i'm ready well it's uh all the all the plants are gone almost i mean we're not uh to order we're not even hardly I we're saw. still in the middle we're not even in the middle. That's what I. That's what I was saying a while ago. This is the beginning of spring, uh-huh. and a lot of growers are running out, out of stuff. Right. Yeah. You know, we used to get uh, flower wood uh, availabilities, and they'd be four and five pages long. Mm-hmm. You know, of stuff they've got, and I still get them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I opened one this week, and and they're was, just a big was, grower. You're talking about, yeah, yeah, and it was less than a page. Right. I mean, they only had like six varieties of shrubs available. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just. Unbelievable. So tell me what happened. Well, a lot of the stuff got burned like oh, the winter. during the winter, and it's mm-hmm. just not back up. A lot of stuff got killed. Mm-hmm. Texas got wiped 
out. And a lot of that stuff comes out of Texas. Well, Mm -hmm. a lot of the damage was in Texas, Mm -hmm. and they're sucking up most of the inventory. Mm -hmm. So it's... uh, it's tough. It's so the the supply is diminished. It's gone. The demand is way up. Right. And did and did people actually cut production after COVID last year? You no, think? no. Most of them ain't. They didn't ramp up to what they right. sold last year because right. that was kind of a fluke. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of them did increase their inventory uh, or plan to. Uh, but so it was really though that the winter. Yeah, and we're going to see. Uh, shortages in trees probably for four or five years because they sold inventory early mm-hmm. and it's going to take some time to get them back there particularly you know if you want a a, <clears throat> a tree that's in a 15 gallon can, can right. it's in a three right now wow you know right. it's going to take several years to get them back up to some size i'll be done no it's like so. i want a chinese fringe tree i want some white dogwoods i want some snowflake hydrangeas mm. how about some distillium mm-hmm. you know how it's about just, anything green in a can yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah exactly green in the can i'll take that and then so we ordered like 82 hanging baskets from jim from mm. Ivils and um Last week, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah last week. So. And I'm thinking, because we're small, we're going to have that all, you know, the whole season. We'll be good. Well, no, we weren't. So I know that at Hybels, you have to get your order in at a certain time. Mm-hmm. So I knew I couldn't get my order in, and I emailed, save me some racks. Save me some racks. I, I need hanging baskets. Mm-hmm. And just emailed back, we're out. Yeah. And I'm like, of all the people, how could y'all yeah, be I'm, out? My, my temporary little job is gone. All, I know that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Jim works all spring. Well, and it, so yeah. I would, I think what I was saying is no matter where you go, there's going to be the normal things missing. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of that going on. And that's what kind of made me think driving in this morning that I felt like I was so late. Not driving mm-hmm. in, but late as far as getting anything done mm-hmm. this spring. And it seems that way because, there again, people started early, and inventory is diminished, Mm -hmm. you know, already, and usually people are just now starting right now. So I guess what we're saying, if you're out shopping around and you see something you like, you better grab it, I'm Mm -hmm. telling you. Absolutely. And it's like that. I mean, it's it's not just one or two garden centers. Mm-hmm. All of them are in the same boat. And maybe you. we can think to start thinking outside the box of how to landscape as well, because probably some plants that aren't, well, I kind of see that some plants that aren't highly utilized mm-hmm. are still available, mm-hmm. but uh, it's not the ones that people know or want to see. I mean, so. people might be planting more magic carpet spireas this year. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, you, know you mentioned uh, <laughs> distillium while ago, yeah. more distillium. And, but I can't find that. You know, well, I'm saying instead of just your old-fashioned, oh. you know, compacta holly, hellera mm-hmm. holly, yopon holly, wintergreen boxwood on down the line, you know, you're exactly right. They're going to have to kind of think out of the box to do some uh, landscaping. And don't get me wrong, a lot of these underused plants, they're still great plants. They just haven't been pushed in They're just not in the mainstream or, like yeah. some of the other plants are. You there know? are a lot of ornamental grasses available. <laughs> yeah. I love ornamental grasses, but when they were first introduced to the landscape, we were all like, how, how do we fit these in? Because we weren't, we were just used to evergreen, 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 and formed, and we were like, how do we fit these in? And then as so many more came on the market and everyone starts really seeing how good they do, it's turned from more than like two ornamental grasses mm-hmm. in our landscape to like a whole swath of grasses. Yeah, and, and then, you know, on top of, you know, the winter that we had, you know, we actually had a pretty mild winter until we got that week of just, you know, 
freezing torture, right? Right. So, um, you know, and then there's still a lot of damage out there. Wait, and that's, did you say freezing torture? Yeah. <laughs> and there's and that's another reason, though, a lot of people are trying to replant, you know, say gardenias, for example, just, uh, mm-hmm. and lorpedlums, you know, and all these plants that were completely burned. Now, a lot of them are coming yeah, back out. They are. But yeah. for the impatient people, and I'm raising my hand now, mm-hmm. you know, I don't mind digging that sucker up and putting a brand new one in there. But, uh, you know, so the demand has been really great when it comes to a lot of these particular shrubs that didn't fare well, you know, mm-hmm. this past winter. So it's kind of a one, two, three combination. Did you look, did, what tender things did you have, Jim? Did you lose anything? No, I didn't cover anything. But the, cool. the second morning I was up at 5 a.m. and washed everything down mm-hmm. just as a precaution. And I went back out shortly thereafter, and on the tips of the leaves were some ice mm. that had formed from just the water I put down. Right. There was no frost on the roofs. There was a little bit on my wife's car she was quite ready to tell me about but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that I didn't get off. Uh, but, but there was no damage from anything. No. All right. That's good. So... Uh, you just waited. Do you plant like the basil and the no, coleus and no, the sweet potato I'll, I'll, vine? Well, no, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> too, no sweet potato too, vine. Too aggressive. You know, I've got some annuals that I put in, but um, peonies came through fine, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Most of mine are perennials. And so we're still going to have good spring blooming. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it would be great. I'm Well... I'll tell you why it'll be great when we come back. Well, you got to tell me what's going to be great also. Yes, what's going to be great. So we're going to take a break. Call us 260-5926. The Mid-South's conservative blowtorch. The Mighty 990 KWAM. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome back. I got so into I like this change of music a lot. And I think you just changed it because you lost our other music. No, blaming it on Al. You lost our other music. Jim, what no, we, never. What no. We, Jim got a text. Yeah, I, was, I, was yeah. To, I got a text here from my, our good friend Paul Little who wants to remind us that May 1st is National Naked Gardening Day. Oh, Uh-oh. that's right. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. right. Mr. Paul always reminds me of that every year. Mm. Yeah, he, he said he celebrated the day early and he was really <laughs> sorry that we all missed it. <laughs> I'm not, but... <laughs> That's Thank you, Mr. Hall. <laughs> I can't believe there's one of, well, yeah, I can't believe there's one of those days. Yeah, I can't uh-huh. believe. Okay, so na- May 1st, y'all, is National Naked Gardening? Na- National Naked Gardening Can you gardening say naked day. on the radio? Naked. It's <laughs> naked in naked. the South. <laughs> I know. know the there's nothing bad about, you know, when you, we used, used to get naked and go skinny dipping, you mm-hmm. know, and there was nothing bad about it. Getting naked was something different. Right. <laughs> <laughs> y'all have lost y'all's mind, y'all. <laughs> That's so, and it's that's why it's hard to learn the English language. <laughs> no, it's the way you you say it. Yeah, that's right. It's all in how you say right. it. Right. Oh, y'all, there's a word out there called mycorrhiza. You know, you're just so boring. What you learned that this week? No, <laughs> I'm just saying. But a lot of people don't understand what mm-hmm. mycorrhiza oh, does, man. and there are some. Thank goodness now, some fertilizers that you can buy that have mycorrhiza added to it. You know, mm-hmm. all the tone products, for example, they didn't used to have mycorrhizae. No, they, have, they did have a product that they sold by themselves. Biotone, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then they figured, you know what? It, this stuff is so good. We might we need to put it in all of our fertilizers. So when you see the word mycorrhizae and you see all that little beneficial fungi, mm-hmm. Jim, that's in, or Veda, that's in that bag, what is that all about? 
Well, it's just about making... Because it's not the fertilizer itself. No, it's the microbes that will break that fertilizer down and make it available to the plant. So much of our soil is, well, I won't say unhealthy, but it's not as healthy as it can be. Mm. And so, in fact, I had lunch with a couple of guys the other day who were or attempting a, a, a second attempt at a one of the little farm spots out here at the Agri Center, and and they didn't have much luck. And one of the things that I impressed upon them was to use uh, uh, the bout or the uh, plantone products, right? Uh, and then supplement with a little male organite because deer were just killing them out there. So, it, so it wasn't that uh, their plants were no good that it, they were putting in the ground; just that soil, the soil was no yeah, good. Yeah, and it's no. been farmland, yeah, I guess, from the penal farm for mm-hmm. years and years and years and years, and and the pH was up there. It was it was good, so they didn't need to do anything there. But it just it needs a little extra help. And by using that uh, the plantone products every thirty days or so, mm-hmm. uh, it will help increase the help improve the health of the soil and in turn the plants. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because we'll, there's a lot of good you know pretty good soils out there. But the key is to a lot of the higher uh, quality soils that mm-hmm. have more organic matter is. This all the system, the soil web, the mycorrhiza, I've never said that properly, you gets to build up quicker too. You know, now you can use like a generic potting soil or or peat moss or something like that, and your plants will work pretty will work and eventually establish good, but all this good stuff helps it establish quicker, roots bigger, less watering mm-hmm. and bigger blooms, good color. You know, and I always tell people, you know, and I've said this so many times, you know, think about three things when, you, when you're thinking about gardening. One is compost. I don't care what kind of compost, good compost. Making the P, sure the pH is up like you just said, Jim. Uh, adding lime if need be. And then adding a good fertilizer. But my question is, let's say you do all that and you got your soil in really good shape and you get a mm-hmm. good yield from your garden, okay, or flowers, whatever you're doing. The next year, I mean, how, how long does the soil stay good? I mean, or is that something that you're mm-hmm. constantly trying to replenish you know if it's if it's our natural soil the clay okay then yeah you're probably going to want to continue to do that on a yearly basis yeah because mother nature really doesn't as i've said this doesn't like you filling with her soil it it returns to what it was if you put compost in there in three years it's gone okay but it's um, so you need to do that. Now, if you've done an elevated bed with the different types of soil, got some clay in it, mm-hmm. then you may not have that issue. But the soil will continue to break down mm-hmm. into smaller particles, which in turn slows your air movement, slows your drainage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's again important that you've got microbes in there to help um, break the food down so that everything's available. So. I would uh, I would never stop doing it basically mm-hmm. yeah 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 because out in nature things compost into your soil naturally whether it I mean they're be, not raking the leaves in the forest right mm-hmm. no no raking leaves and just think of all the things that die on the surface of the ground and compost down insects uh, small animals the leaves big animals big animals true and that's all <laughs> nutrition actually. But we don't allow that to happen in our landscape. Uh, no. You know, I mean, you just don't do that. And so you're losing all those nutrients. So we're taking all the rich organic stuff and replenishing the soil that way. All right. There's another word that people are kind of confused about, uh, it seems like, and that's humic acid. Mm-hmm. H-U-M-I-C, humic acid. Um, so there again, we know that humic acid is not 
a bag of fertilizer, right? Right, right. But it makes your <clears throat> fertilizer work a lot mm-hmm. better. Yes. So, so it's kind of like, you know, it, it's not microbes either, though. Right. It's, co- it's, it's yeah, what's it's left carbon. after yeah. everything that can be used out of it by a plant is done. And it's black. And by putting that uh, on Say that again. It's everything. Mm-hmm. What now? It's every, It's what's left after plants have used every bit of nutrients right. out of it. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and by applying it to the soil, you do a couple of things. And But the most one of the most important things mm-hmm. is that you turn your soil black. Mm-hmm. By doing that, you get sunlight hitting it earlier in the spring. It warms the soil, gets your bacteria growing mm-hmm. weeks ahead of everything else. And that makes for a healthier lawn, particularly in a vegetable garden, um, where you're wanting that soil to warm up quickly. So you can't have a truly healthy soil without humic acid in your soil. Isn't it like, you know, you take good, rich soil or compost and rub your hands together and all that black's left? <laughs> I've heard that was like your humic acid. You or it know, could be dye from your mulch. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like that at all. So, I mean, so, yeah. but really those two things, uh, mycorrhiza is something to really mm-hmm. think about and humic acid is definitely right. something to think about. And I, the way I look at it, if you go buy a 20-pound bag or 40-pound bag of humic acid, you put it down on your garden, your bed, your lawn, you put it on any, any soil, it's like putting a little mini dump truck of compost mm-hmm. down is really what it is. And it's easier because it's granulated or liquid. And all the uh, there's humic acid in like the a lot of the liquid fertilizers mm-hmm. and you can can't you buy it in a liquid oh yeah you can buy liquid yeah. or granulated mm-hmm. and then also remember years ago uh a bag uh, of humic acid used to be called dethatch mm-hmm. you could put it on your lawn if you never bagged your clippings and you wanted to break your clippings down naturally uh you put down humic acid under the name of dethatch right and then they changed the name to soil activator same product uh, and then, of course, you can also buy it under the name of Humic, H-U-M-I-C. But I'm telling you guys, that's just one little product that a lot of people never even think about or have heard of. Uh, but it really does a great job when you put it down on your lawn, your vegetable beds, or your flower beds. Oh, I forgot to say what the good thing is when we come back. But it might not be a good thing. It might not happen. But you know how spring's coming later? Does that mean summer gets to come later? Well, we hope. And then spring's just starting now. Well, but, you know, summer's not going to come later. Oh, yeah. But Famous if? last words. Because who said we would be locked in with snow for a week? Yeah. So I'm hoping for the extended summer or extended spring. However, we're not going to have anything planned. <laughs> it's all going to be gone. Well, but it's never good to go from, you know, a nice 68-degree spring mm-hmm. month to, you know, 98 degrees overnight, and we yeah. do it all the time. So I'm hoping it extends out. Mm, well, aren't we all? Yeah, we are. And so. we'll wake her up from her dream here momentarily yes. and be back to Miss <laughs> <laughs> South Gardening Back era. to reality. It never fails. I mean, and like everybody says, if, mm-hmm. if you can grow anything here in the Mid-South, you can grow it anywhere in the world, right? And it's not because <laughs> we don't know how to grow things. It's because of our dang weather. Yeah. You know? I mean, <sighs> 
<laughs> last winter, not this winter, but last mm-hmm. winter, remember back in November when everything got fried, we went from, you know, a 58-degree day to a 12-degree night in, in a matter of right. four hours. Yeah, so sum it up. If you're having a hard time becoming a new gardener, it's not you. It's the weather. <laughs> you can always blame it on the weather, right? Yeah. Or your soil. That's that's almost 100% of the time what's wrong with any plant. But the good thing is, baby, we can, re- we can work on the soil, but we can't do anything about the weather. And planting too deep, right, Jim? Uh, no, yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll be, be right back. back. <laughs> Now, back to Mid-South Gardening, powered by Palladio Home and Garden. Find out more at PalladioMemphis.com on the Mighty 990 and 1079 FM KWAM. And good morning and welcome back to Mid-South Gardening. We'd love, love, love to hear your gardening questions. There's not a dumb question because gardening, there's so many variables with it. I mean... If somebody could ask me, do these plants come with roots? I mean, they're dumb answers, but no dumb questions. Right. Yeah, and you're in the right place to hear them. <laughs> That's why you knew. And if you want to give us a call, 260-5926, 260-5926. And, of course, you can always go to Facebook Live and see us on uh, Facebook, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, and give us a like. And put uh, your questions in, too. Yeah, there, in fact, uh, we did have a uh, gentleman uh, just texted in, Mr. Philip Thrasher. He said, I was wondering if goji berry plants are available to buy in this area. Also, is it okay to plant them in the same area as blueberry mm-hmm. plants? And Jim? Well, yeah, I think as far as planting them with the blueberries is not an issue. Yeah. It's whether or not you can find them. Um, I was telling Kenneth and them, I brought some in at... Uh, 64 uh, location at Highway 64, and, and nobody was interested in them. I ended up having to discount them to get rid of them um, or to find them another home. Let me say that. Yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, check around some of the nurseries. Um, yeah, Philip, I mean, I haven't seen any, uh, but all you can do is get on the phone and just yeah. call the different garden centers and see if you mm-hmm. can find some. If not, of course, you can always probably get online. But yeah, you can plant them out there with the in the same areas that you plant your your old blueberries. Have we had any luck with growing them here? I mean, why? Well, I don't. No, that's think... a different question. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, let's go to that part too. Do mm. we have luck growing them here? I we haven't tried them. I don't think anybody's tried them enough to find out. And I actually think someone had told me that they had some and was doing well. But that was the first year. Sometimes plants take a few years to say, no, this isn't the climate for me. Well, but how many times do we see a plant that doesn't really grow here? And that's another reason that I want to grow it here. And then it grows here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then there are some plants that grow here that are marginal, you know. And uh, there again, you know, after a winter like we just had, look at Indian hawthorn. You know, there's not a healthy Indian hawthorn that was in the ground last year out there now. You know, I saw in Harbor Town some Indian hawthorns that were under a tree, and they did not get damaged. But they were they didn't look good because they were under a tree, but they were right up to it. But all the other hawthorns y'all see, the little green at the bottom, the bottom where yeah. the snow was, but all that top's dead. And, and you know, and the thing, I had, a, I was talking to a customer the other day about them, and he's like, well, do you think people will plant Indian hawthorn here in the Mid-South again? And I said, you know, I really think they will yeah. because, you know, the same thing could happen next winter. No one knows what the winter's going to bring. It could happen again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
the percentages are it probably won't. Now, in within 10, 12, 15, 20 years, it probably will happen again, yeah. the winter that we just went through. And well, usually, like I back in the 70s, we never would plant them. Right, you know, right. Than just an occasional one because they almost never made it right. the, the second year. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, creeping fig, people aren't going to stop planting creeping fig, knowing mm-hmm. that if we get a decent winter, it's going to get fried, it's got to yeah. start over. So, I mean, there are things that we're going to plant regardless, knowing that if we get a decent cold winter, uh, we could have some damage on it, you know? Well, we were talking about that creeping fig at work that was in a really protected area. It died out that was exposed, but the protected area was against the wall and the concrete, and some uh, sun would get on it. So I was thinking that could possibly survive, but that's not even surviving. So, um, so much for that. But I still... I'm going to plant it again, too. Well, and I mentioned, you know, some some winter damage, guys. You know, the gardenias, of course, took a beating also. And I've talked to so many people this past week where they, of course, the foliage was completely fried off of them, right? Yeah. But, and some of them are dead. I get that. But a lot of the gardenias are still green in the tissue. Okay, and I was like, well, just be patient and let's see what happens. Because if you go out there and scratch the stems and they're still Mm -hmm. good and green up under there, of course they have a great chance of flushing out. Now, I would say go ahead and start feeding all this stuff also. But why, I mean, is it, do we just have to be patient, you know, with the, with no leaves on them now, Mm -hmm. but we do have good green tissue. And I'm thinking we still got a pretty good root system out there. Right. I don't know. It seems like everything should have been showing something now. Yeah, my my tendency now is on, on maybe cut them way back. Is to cut, go ahead and cut them back hard, and take some of the um, the wood off of it mm-hmm. to see if that will help encourage mm-hmm. the buds. Um, just gonna have to wait and see. I've got a, a mystery that you know, just looking from the outside, doesn't look like it's got any mm-hmm. sign of life in it. But like you said, still green on the inside, still flexible. And, and then so. the hawthorns that, you know, we were talking about. Now, those are dead from top to, to, to the ground. Yeah. I mean, if you want to keep those, you might as well just cut them off at ground level. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of those, I think, will still maybe come back from the root. In because seven years, they'll well, look exactly, good Exactly. I get that. But, um, yeah, they, I mean, they're they're dead to the—if to the, if you go out there and scratch those, they're right. dead all the way down to the ground. Yeah, so we're telling the commercial grow—I mean, the ones that are planting commercially mm. and all— Let's just replant because I see a lot of Indian hawthorns now. And it's like everything's green and there's a big row of brown dead hawthorns. Yeah, but then I wonder in those commercial settings if people are, if they're going to go to another shrub, which I That's think they what will. I'm wondering you know, too. think about uh, distillium. You mentioned mm-hmm. that plant a while ago. A lot of people that used to plant auto lucan laurels. Yeah. There's a million reasons not to plant an auto lucan laurel, right? And there's a million mm-hmm. reasons to plant one. But they can be problematic with the shot hole and all that stuff. Uh, so a lot of these people that used to plant autolucans now plant a type of distillium, Which right? Which all got burned Yes, this they year. did. But I, can, <laughs> but I can still see people planting distillium where they used to plant Indian mm-hmm. hawthorns. Now, you don't get the bloom, per se, like you would on a yeah. hawthorn. But they, I think the they're more, thing. overall, they're more resilient. I talk, <clears throat> talked to Kyle over at the Botanic Garden the other day about distilliums. And uh, he said linebackers seem to have fared better than any of them. That's the big one. But everything else was recuperating nicely, so uh, didn't get killed. The only thing I would warn people about distilliums is when you look at the label and it tells you the size, 
it's much bigger than that. Yeah, we okay. found that out. Yeah, <laughs> they uh, they apparently like our heavy clay soil because they tend to just explode and get much bigger. And there are different varieties. There, oh, you know, cinnamon girl and bluescape and linebacker mm-hmm. and just to name a few. But I love bluescape. Yeah, and some of them stay mm-hmm. supposedly really short, around two foot, yeah. and some of them get really tall to about six foot. Well, I remembered the botanic gardens in the back, and we have a caller. We'll get to you, Ron. That had the Green Mountain Boxwoods. Which is a more upright type boxwood. Yeah, nice and formed. And then Distillium was planted all at the base. And it was the, you know, I think it was the first time that it had been introduced to Memphis more so. So I'm like, okay, the Botanic Gardens will check it out. And the first year it grew and it looked great. And uh, I knew it was a dwarf one, but then I went back a couple years later and it was just, and big and beautiful, but... It got taller than anybody expected. Yeah, darn. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we've got Ron. Good morning, Ron. He's interested in how to compost a stump that's been in the ground. Hey, good morning, Ron. Good morning. Uh, While well, I was right after I talked to Alan, you guys started talking about Indian hawthorn. <laughs> uh, are all hawthorns called Indian hawthorns? No, there is a true hawthorn. Okay, it's okay. a deciduous well, tall shrub with berries. Well, I have about I have three that I bought from Dan West back years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some, there's a few limbs on them that are are dead that I'm gonna have to trim out, but mm-hmm. uh, all three of them are actually blooming right now. No, oh, well, that's great. I tell you what, you're one of wow. one of a few. I'm telling you, Ron, because <laughs> most of them, I mean, if you look over town, and there have been so many hawthorns, Indian hawthorns planted, uh, and like Veda mentioned a while ago, especially on the commercial side. Uh, and they took a beating this winter. So if you've got some that are fixing to bloom or in bloom, uh, you're Just light wow. years ahead oh, of everybody are you else. In, uh, where are you? Are you in Memphis? <laughs> we're, no, we're in Arkansas. I, I'm about 50 miles west of Arkansas, I, of Memphis. Yeah, I mean, that's... But, they were cold, too. A little microclimate you got oh, going yes. on. Yes, we were. It was tough. <laughs> uh, no, I, I had a... It's about, it's about a three-foot in diameter oak stump ground yesterday, and I... How's the best way for me to compost the uh, the chips? I'm going to put them in a compost pile. Uh, is there anything I can add to it or do to it to make them break down quicker? Yeah, add a little nitrogen, like um, nitrate of soda. Not nitrate. What was the last name? Nitrate of soda. You can buy it at your nitrate garden center. Soda. Yeah, okay. but it's yeah. it's quick okay. release nitrogen, and just every thirty days or so, throw a little bit on there and and turn it, and uh, it'll significantly speed up the composting. Now, the finer those chips are, the better off mm-hmm. you are, the quicker it'll happen. Sure. Mm-hmm. And you're yeah. wanting to compost the stump, too? No, just, well, he, no, he ground it below the surface. Oh, yeah. that's uh, nice. That's I've good. Just, I've just got about, looks like about 10 wheelbarrows full of uh, yeah. <laughs> of chips. Yeah, and, that, and, was, that was my... And the other two things, Ron, you can, uh, you know, other than nitrate of soda, uh, there is a product on the market called Compost Maker. Uh, comes in a bag. Okay. Uh, you can work that in there. And then anytime you add compost mm-hmm. to your new uh, pile of, you know, sawdust, uh, that also uh, helps break it down because it has the mycorrhiza, the microbes in there. So whether it's okay. compost, whether it's compost maker, or whether it's nitrate of soda or a combination of those, all of those, and like Jim said, turning that thing, mm-hmm. uh, it, it'll break it down a lot faster than it just letting it naturally break down. Okay. All right. 
good deal. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks, Thanks Ron. Ron. Thanks for the call. And let's head out to a break. Call us 260-5926. And you're listening to Mid-South Gardening. The Mighty 990 KWAM and Mighty990.com. Good morning. Welcome back. Let's go ahead and go to Jerry. Good morning, Jerry. You're in the Mid-South Garden. Good morning. Hey, Jerry. Good morning to you, buddy. Uh, two things. I've got a boxwood that a dog decided to use it for a urinal for one year, mm-hmm. and it killed the front part of it. Mm. Well, I just kind of trimmed it back a little bit and left it alone. It, it came back. Right. Well, this year, the right in the very center of the top, a bunch of us died. Now, it does get water straight off the roof. There's no gutters. Mm-hmm. It's been there for years and years. I've been here 18 years, so. Right. I'm um, thinking, what do y'all think, since it's under the gutter, been there a long time, maybe the soil's become compacted? And uh, a little bit of root rot, or do you think it's a um, insect? Yeah, Jim, but he, what do you, but Jerry, yeah. you said it's just on the top center, though, right? Yeah, right in the very top center. My gut feeling is that it's ice damage. I agree. Mm, yeah, that that's true. during the winter when we had ice and snow on it, it bent it over enough to disrupt the cambium layer, and now's what you're seeing is the food's not going down to the roots, nutrients aren't coming up to the leaves, and that stem is just those stems are just beginning to fade away. So again, yeah, I've got right down, right down next to it is two big azaleas that, oh, that's, they're, they're, they're white. I keep them trimmed like snowballs. Mm-hmm. And they've they needed a haircut, something terrible now. I'm getting ready to do it this weekend. Yeah. yeah. Just but then right past that is uh, where the valley of the roof comes down. Mm-hmm. There was an icicle from the roof edge, which I can reach up and touch it, yeah. uh, to the ground. Yeah. yeah, That's how big that icicle was. Yeah. Do exactly like you did mm-hmm. with the dog urine. Just cut it out so it let some sunlight get in there. It should fill back mm-hmm. up. It may take a year or two. Right, right. And then some people cut it out and gently kind of tie it back together where it's not as noticeable, mm-hmm. uh, Jerry. But, yeah, cut, cut that dead out of there. I mean, dead tissues does you no good whatsoever. I don't think it's insects. I don't think it's disease. Uh, I think it's more of the uh, the winter than anything. Yeah, it doesn't sound like soil issues. Yep, so I would fertilize it, compost it, prune the top out. Yep. And just wait. What or... about tr- Go ahead. What about tree tomatoes? Anybody got any of those? Tree tomatoes? I haven't seen any available yeah. this year. I had either. either. Jerry, I mean, we've got probably, you know, 10,000 varieties of tomatoes <laughs> on the shelf right now, but I hadn't seen any tree tomatoes. A friend of mine had them years ago, and those things, they weighed like five pounds a piece. Yeah, they'll grow over a house. I mean, <laughs> and they were good. Yeah. Well, yeah, any- I have seen them online. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll just just Google it, and you'll get somebody that's selling them. Yeah. Yeah, wow. I'm just curious. All right, Jerry. Is it going to last all day? The no. rain, yeah, yeah. No, we're gonna be. It's gonna be wet. I don't think mm-hmm. it's gonna rain all day. Though. Yeah, it kind of messed up the whole day though. Raining yeah, this morning. It did. That's and what, last that's night. what he's claiming anyway. So yeah. he didn't have to do anything. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm sticking to that story. <laughs> Jerry, thank you, buddy. Okay, thank you. Have thank a great you. weekend. We had Rebecca Maddox uh, say that she had planted uh, a tree that was and was told it was a hawthorn tree, 
Um, but and that's the, oh, is that the old Washington Hawthorn gin? Or similar, yeah. yeah. And she said, has wicked thorns, and but has never had berries. Well, yeah, it sounds like a Hawthorn. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have wicked thorns. Now, our first question would be, how much sun is it getting? Mm-hmm. Um, they need at least eight, preferably 10 or 12, to really produce berries well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd need to check to see if there's any pollination required, a second tree or anything. Because, you know, I don't see Washington Hawthorns yeah. hardly anywhere. They're, yeah. they're very prone to leaf diseases And yeah, they get rust really bad. Yeah, yeah. so we don't mm-hmm. normally plant a lot of them here, although I know of some that are, are large mm-hmm. and beautiful mm-hmm. and just great. Um, but that would be my guess that we've got, uh, first guess would be not enough sunlight on it. And, um, I'll do some research, Rebecca, and see, see if, if I need a get, pollinator. Yes. If you need a pollinator. And also, mm-hmm. um, what you might just go ahead and do in the meantime is give it a little dose of, of superphosphate or triple superphosphate, like a zero fifteen zero, mm-hmm. uh, and just throw around it, uh, out, you know, six or eight feet out around it. And sometimes that will help encourage them bloom a little bit. There you go. All right. Well, hopefully that works out well. You know, it's funny, the Indian hawthorns, and you say they've got wicked thorns. Well, well this, was a, this, this was, was a like a thorn. Thorn. Right, I was going to yeah. say, that's like a true hawthorn. And um, then we just have Indian hawthorns that have no... The no, Rapsophilias. Yeah, yeah. So they hybridized them to take the thorns off how do you they're get not related. how do you get they're okay. not related at okay all. that helps yeah that helps it's like I'm with going, common names wait. you know the, they're just not the same mm-hmm. okay a common name has nothing to do with the plant other than what people call it right you know well it was uh, like we had lysimachia for sale the creeping jenny the money wart mm-hmm. all the same thing but some right. it looks exactly the same but someone was just absolutely sure they weren't the same because they were under different names mm-hmm. i'm like this grower calls it this and yang this, vine turkey vine yeah Creeping Charlie, mm-hmm. all the same Creeping animal. Creeping Charlie, yeah, yeah. So, but that's a good plant to use. It is so good. I love it as a ground cover. I mean, it grows a lot. You will have to prune it for sure, and it looks pretty growing okay. with that, things. That a lot mean, needs to have an exclamation point a behind lot. it. <laughs> a lot. It, oh, it does. If it yeah. comes out that pot and hits the ground. It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I we, do like that plant, though, too. whether it's in a container or whether people use it as a ground cover. And it mm-hmm. and it made it through this winter just fine. Oh, you gosh, know. yes. You know, it's, yeah. it, I mean, and then there's the green, you know, that, mm-hmm. uh, and then the gold, which is more of a yellow leaf, uh, Lismachia. But it's, I, it's a, I like that soft mm-hmm. look of that plant. You know what surprised me? I had uh, last fall when I uh, had the garden on tour, I planted... Uh, Blue Victoria Salvia mm. came through the winter just mm-hmm. beautifully covered with snow. It's about to start blooming again, which is truly considered an annual here yeah. in the mid south. And I had a uh, I had a dahlia survive. It's coming up, and that really surprised. Yeah, me. that is surprising. Yeah. We have lavender blooming. It's beautiful. It's planted. We planted it last fall. Who doesn't love lavender? I know it looks so gorgeous. I because you know sometimes it's hard to get the blooms and the plant to make it, but. We used all the earth mix in this area that was really yucky soil, mixed it really well, blended it really well, and the uh, lavender came back great. The rosemary actually got burned at the top, but we cut it down where the snow was Which and it's coming do you out. Use? That's what I was thinking, Is it phenomenal? Zeus. I mean, it that's the was, one most people I use know. here in the South. I have to Salem. actually go back and look at the uh, records and see because after I said it's blooming, I thought. 
which one did we plan? Would that there? be your top two, Salem and yeah. and, and, La- mm-hmm. and phenomenal? Yeah, I mean, and there yeah. there's a lot of other lavenders. Mm-hmm. Out phenomenal there. gets phenomenally big. Yeah, uh, it's huge, but it does well. I think better than the other ones here in the south. Yeah. Isn't there one good one? Good. Phenomenal. Yeah, that I guess we'll be right back. <laughs> The garden help you need. Now, Mid-South Gardening, powered by Palladio Home and Garden. Find out more at PalladioMemphis.com. On the Mighty 990, with your hosts, Vader Vance, Kenneth Mabry, and Jim Crowder. Good morning, good morning. Welcome back to Mid-South Gardening. I'm Vader with Palladios. I'm Mr. Kenneth Mabry with Dan West Garden Centers. Well, why, why don't you do it for me? I know. Uh, I just thought you... And I'm the short, fat guy that um, <laughs> does Mid-South Gardening Facebook group. So join us. We now have about 5,300 members. Thank mm-hmm. y'all very much. We've mm-hmm. exploded this last year. Mm-hmm. And and by far, the m- most new members are ones we're getting from recommendations from existing That's members. pretty amazing, Jim. Yeah, so I'm real pleased. And of course, if you want to give us a call this morning, it's really easy. 260-5926. 260-5926. And Veda, of course, mm-hmm. they can always go to Facebook Live yep. and shoot us a text, which uh, Sonia did, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says, can you prune a weeping yopon way back? Question mark. There are over 10 foot tall and impossible us to prune at that height. Um okay uh, with the natural growth not really wanting to trim into a formal shape right right so sonia's got which a lot of people do mm-hmm. a yopon holly that started out a great little size and a beautiful plant which mm-hmm. i love that plant by the way and then you kind of forget about it and yeah. next thing you know you look at it years down the road and the thing is 10 foot tall and, and it's just too big for where it is so what do we do yeah you can prune it back now remember it wants to be an upright plant so it's best to cut it back beyond where you want it to actually be. If you only want it to be eight feet tall, then cut it back to about six, okay, to help maintain it. All right, so what about this thing where you hear a lot of people say, you know, try not to cut back more than one-third at one time on any mature <clears throat> plant like that. So with the weeping yopon, you can go in there and just go back yeah. as far as you, you want. You could, yeah. yeah. I mean, you cut off the ground every sprout and go yeah. back up. Yeah. Um, but one thing that you want to... If you can, try to prune it this way. Your terminal buds are going to come out. When you cut, it's going to form new buds there that are going to want to go up. If you cut it straight across at a 90-degree angle to the trunk, what you're going to get is four or five buds that are going to go up. I got you. You really only want one, okay? So instead of doing that, look at it from the front, cut it from... Cut a downward angle where it's higher in the front and lower in the back. That forces the hormones to that tip right See, there. See, I never thought of and that. that's where you'll get your bud to form, and you'll get one, maybe two, but you can pull one out. But you'll get one bud to go up, and so when you're looking at it from the front, it still looks like the trunk's intact. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're cutting from, if you're looking at it from the front at an angle, right. down towards the house or, or to the back, right, uh, and not just flat straight across. Right. Now, you can cut it straight that's across what, to yeah. cut it down, right. but then go in there and cut it at an angle. Right, and that's what causes crepe burr. It's because we cut it and then allow all the buds mm-hmm. that from that straight across right. cut to go up. If we would cut them that way correctly with a downward away from you, so you know whichever direction looks 
you look at it the most have that the high side, you'll get one bud to come up, and you'll hardly ever see the. Right. And you do cut. see that from time to time, Jim. Well, most people when they cut crepe myrtles, they are cutting them just zip straight across, mm-hmm. right? Right, and yeah. you see these. Eventually, you see these big knuckles and all these little limblets coming mm-hmm. up out of there. But then you do see some people take the time to prune them, kind of like a, uh, a snow cone. Right. But they're cutting each cane at, at an angle. Mm-hmm. And they're cutting it typically from the front to the right. back. Yeah, when we used to prune crepe myrtles and give a price on it, they people would not understand. And then when you explain, no, I, I'm pruning it where it's going to be growing more natural, look natural. And so that costs more. Mm-hmm. Or, and that takes more time, too. And also, if y'all go out and prune your shrubs... And you finish pruning them, don't panic because they're going to come back. But it was like we had a house that had big ball shrubs in front mm-hmm. of each side. Well, it was foster holly. And they'd gotten grown out of shape and it was shaded in some of the area. And then they had a tree cut and all. And she wanted them back in the ball shape. And we came and cut them just down a lot. And she came outside and was like, no. Yeah. And I'm thinking, this is. The only way, yeah. but it's, you're going to have, well, we told her before, you're going to have to deal with it for about a year of looking bad, but nobody really understands. So a lot of times you can see some treacherous pruning, but it's going to come back. Yeah. Fine. And I, I, I completely agree with you. And, but also, you know, you see these houses where they start out with really good intentions mm-hmm. when it comes to the landscape. Uh, and next thing you know, you, they've got these weeping yopon hollies and these clearas and these other privet or whatever that have really taken over the front of the house. You can't yeah. even see the front of the house. Right. And and it just, you know, it, it kind of creeps up on you like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of keeping things uh, in check and where they don't just overpower the house itself. Yesterday, I <clears throat> had a nice long conversation with our West Tennessee field inspector from from uh, Department of Agriculture, Leslie Hollinsworth. Yeah. And um, she said, you know, sometimes you guys need to talk about proper pruning of shrubs um, because um, that ball or that square that you trim them is actually the most unhealthy Mm -hmm. thing you can do for a plant because you limit the amount of foliage it can have and the plant gets older and older. It's best to let them grow as natural as possible, do some selective pruning to keep them down. But when you, unless you're doing a formal boxwood garden mm-hmm. or something like that, um, shearing them round is really not the healthiest thing to do for the plant. Now, I've said that and nobody will pay any attention, but I'm telling you. Well, yeah. well because <laughs> I did a lot of pruning last weekend uh, and I pruned the two hollies that are on either side of the carport, of course. And then I pruned every dwarf Yopon holly that I had that are in front of my bed in front of the globe arbovitis, which I pruned also. Mm-hmm. So, Jim, every shrub on the front of my house, I pruned. Right. Uh, and, I, and I basically sheared, if you will. Mm-hmm. Now, I did it just for aesthetic reasons, you know, And but once you start doing that, you got to continue. Well, I mm-hmm. shouldn't say you have to, but to keep that same look, I've yeah. got to do it two or three times a year. Um, so I agree with what you're saying, but but for the look that I want... I've got to go out there and shear these things with a flat top and perfectly round. Now, do you really, really want that look, or is that what we've been stereotyped? You're exactly right. Think because so many people they want to buy the square shrub. Like, well, no, that's pruned that way. We don't sell square shrubs because that's not natural. But they want a square shrub. Um, But. If we're trying to come up with different choices of plants to put in landscapes that we don't have to prune, exactly. that gets a little 
maybe a little more native looking in a way, but when you're trying to do plants that you don't have to br- um, don't have to prune, it's h- definitely harder. Because if you're wanting like two arborvitas, and they get twelve feet tall right. and four feet around, then you say don't plant that there. Right. But it looks really good at first, <laughs> and but but everybody wants two things on the side of their door because everybody has. Two tall things on the side of their door, two th- tall things on the corner. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't have to have that. Well, it doesn't have to be two tall, two tall things. Yeah. Well, in, in, in the perfect world, and Mr. Paul, hang on just a second, buddy. Um, you're right. I mean, usually when it comes to pruning, you know, really all you want to do is is take out individual limbs or limbs mm-hmm. that you don't want or don't need, right? But I know. I mean, I'm out there shearing these things like. Shearing a sheep, I'm telling you. I'm taking all, and I've got this this perfectly flat top on the Yopon hollies, which is completely yeah. unnatural. And they're completely rounded around, you know, so it's flat on the top and, and, and perfectly round. And every one of them are the same height, the same way. Right. But it's just it's just for that clean, you know, manicured yeah, look. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, I've been doing it for so long now, I can't stop doing it. You know, I guess I could, Jim, well, but, but then they're going to look, right. to me, they're going to look ratty Because looking. your landscape is made to have it pruned. He's looking at me. I know, what? I know. I'm just wondering what your thoughts are. Wow. Um, yeah, let's so. go to Mr. Paul after the break. But, Jim, I just have to know what you were thinking. But what it, was I thinking? Yeah. You know, to each their own. I don't want anything that I have to shear on a regular basis. <sighs> I, I didn't say I wanted it. Yeah, I you don't, just have that landscape. I like things to grow naturally. Mm-hmm. Now, I do have to periodically cut some things back to bring them back within the bounds that I need them to grow in. Mm-hmm. Um, I just recently cut. I have a loquat that's... Over wow, the years, gotten in too that. much shade, yeah. uh-huh. and it's gotten too tall and lanky. So I cut it off about six feet tall just a couple of weeks ago. Um, not really what I wanted to do, but it's just it wasn't looking good. Uh, so I wanted to look yeah. better. Right. Let me right. And, and, and did you say overall, Jim? That what I'm doing though. It's just for aesthetic reasons only, of course. Yeah, and you but, couldn't but overall, pick a better plant to do well, it with right. either. But overall, if you're doing that two plants. Uh, you potentially that plant will not be as healthy as it That's potentially true. could be, right? Because mm-hmm. you, you make the the outside of it so thick that sunlight can't penetrate. You've got no leaves yep. up in there. You can mm-hmm. get insects and diseases. Euonymus yep. is one of the worst yeah. about doing it. Yeah. So you you don't have as much foliage to support the plant as ideally you would want to True. have. Well, you know, we had a boxwood house, and we spent hours and hours and hours thinning, taking in, uh, reaching in, taking long well, branches. Well, that's an art there. Yeah, to thin it, because like you said, we're pruning them all the time, and it's thick. It starts getting thick. No sunlight, insect disease problems. Um, so we and it's okay to see holes in, but um, thinning is something you really need to do on. Boxwoods. And real quick, I got five wintergreen boxwoods outside of a bay window. They were there when we moved in the house, mm-hmm. okay. And I, they're they look like big beach balls. I mean, I've yeah. got them trimmed to look like a beach ball, and they're so thick, like you're saying. He keeps reaching over and touching. I me know. Like, Don't, Don't have a heart attack. It, but but yeah. my point though is, you could get an anvil and set it on top of these boxwoods. I mean, that's how rigid and thick they are, and that is not natural. I get uh-huh. it. So you need you have to go. You know those hard sticks. You got to reach in there and prune some of those I, hard sticks. That's exactly back. what I should be doing. That ain't happening. You want me to come over and do that? <laughs> 
<laughs> but I won't. But I'll say I will. Okay, we're going to run to a break, and then we have Mr. Paul on next. You're listening to Mid-South Gardening on KWAM Radio. The Mighty 990, 107.9 FM, 990 AM, KWAM. Good morning, good morning, and welcome back to Mid-South Gardening. You know, let's go to Mr. Paul. Good, Mr. Paul. Glad to have you with us this morning. Good morning, Veda and Kenneth and Jim. Hey, Mr. You? Paul, my day just got so much better. When I saw your name up there on the board, I'm thinking, Mr. Paul has called mm-hmm. in, guys. I miss you, Mr. Paul. Well, we miss you guys, and I, I, I still have trouble trying to listen y'all on the computer but i'm finally figuring it out it hadn't taken me but what six months (laughs) hey you're doing fantastic i'm seeing you like stuff on jim's garden page and making comments well you're giving yourself a hard time you're doing wonderful yeah but i said some of that i don't think it gets to the right people because you know it it, I, I, whenever I go to post, I, I'm not sure that I'm doing the right thing. Right. There. I love it. Anyway. Yeah. Now, I get that. <laughs> Mr. Paul, are you still selling any ground covers this year? Yes. Come on. You are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So Southern, yeah, Southern Select yeah. com. they can go on the webpage and, and read about you, or they can give you a call and set up an mm-hmm. appointment to come out there and grab some sedums and stuff, right? That is, that is correct. See, that's perfect. Okay, I didn't know. I didn't for some reason. I didn't know if you were still doing yeah. it or not. Well, let me tell you, Kenneth. It's kind of uh, I, we're not at the garden this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this is the first year in twenty five years yeah. that we have not been at the Memphis Botanic Garden for the spring plant sale. Yes, and I just want everybody to know that we miss being there. Yeah. and miss everybody and that's the, that was one of the high highlights mm-hmm. of our year was the mm-hmm. plant sale mm-hmm. and this is the first year in 25 that we're not going to be there feels weird doesn't it this is about the it, same uh, for me be the first year i haven't been there in about 25 yeah. years yeah well you know with that whole covid thing last year mr paul that kind of you know, um, made everybody yeah. kind of rethink the way they can do things. And, of course, COVID's still not over yet, um, so people are still kind of reinventing, you know, the wheels. So I, I hear what you're saying. Well, I'm going to be yeah. heading down there to get some ground covers, that's for sure, because I definitely need some mazes. Well, you need to let me know ahead of time because I had to order some for Gene House the other day. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any, and for some reason— what Dan West had didn't look good, and I don't think uh, Gene wanted that, you know, so I had to order some from Alabama. Yeah. yeah. Did, the, did the frost get it reckoned? Uh, it had to have, Mr. Paul. I mean, there's, um, you know, you see a little burn on some of that mm-hmm. stuff, but, I mean, I, the one right. thing I love about Mazes in particular yeah, is it's so tough, good. though. Yeah, to come right back yeah. out. Well, I, you know, I, 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 it'll be fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the thing was is sometimes you got that, that term market ready. Yeah. Is a big word for landscapers because they want it to look good now. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they. So, uh, yeah, I love the Mazas plant. I wonder it probably would not have burned if it was in the ground on the ground. Probably, but a whole lot of this stuff, you know, when it when it comes in, it comes out of a greenhouse. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a cold greenhouse, but it's still not as cold as we got probably. Yeah, and I had a customer, Mr. Paul, it made me think of you uh, in the garden center the other day, and uh, Tom Pellet had snuck in town. 
and um, was giving some uh, some of his older customers, you know, some advice. Mm-hmm. And this lady came in, and she never, she didn't even, she never heard of it. She said, "Do y'all have any Chinese sedum? Yeah, sedum." Yeah. I was like. Absolutely. We do have some Chinese sedum. So I showed her what it was right. and she's like, oh my God, I love this I stuff. Uh-huh. So um, it was, it was going to be used as a ground cover in a, uh, in a, a high shade area, not, not a full sun right. area by any means. I'm so glad you yeah. introduced all those sedums here, Mr. Paul, because they're amazing plants. You just can't go wrong with one. Mine was standing well, up out of the snow, <laughs> loving it. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of them that are really tough and evergreen. And it just it takes a while for people to learn how to use them because and I noticed something in Jim some of his pictures the other day he had one in his garden that looked like it looked like Turkish sedum but it was green but it had that same form I don't know mm-hmm. what that is that was Elecumbianum can't say that on the radio did it had the yellow flowers on it. No, this was okay. Yeah, it may, it may have been. I don't remember. I looked at those pictures, but it, that may have been what it is. I know, Vader, you can't. Some of these things, it's like Fatima's Tacamensis. Yeah. Oh, I can't in, say that. You don't want to say that in mixed company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like to say the word just sedum. Hey, guys, come here and take a look at this sedum, you know? Those well, are some intense names. That's the way years ago when I first started this, I went to Mr. Casel, and uh, I asked him, I said, I'm looking for some sedum. And he said, well, what variety? I said, I, and I showed him with my hand the shape of the leaf. Yeah. And I said, it's a little green plant with the little yellow blooms in the spring. <laughs> he said, well, it's about a hundred <laughs> that are just like that, you know, and this was when I first started. Uh. But, so, uh, so you narrow, so you got it narrowed down to about a hundred anyway. Yeah, right. Yeah. Now, what about any, what, Mr. Mr. Paul? What about any brand new? You know, everybody wants the the brand new stuff, whether it looks good or not. If it's new, they want it. You know. Yeah. Well, tell tell everybody to be looking for Tokyo Sun. Okay. Oh, that's it's right. It's a new sedum that's out there, but it it's not it's not reliable winter hardy because I lost what little bit I had. Yeah, yeah. But it's re- it's really a good bright bright gold one. All of mine reverted to green just within a few months. So. Well, that, yeah, that's, it's a japonica, and that's a problem with some of that. Uh, but let me tell you, the one what it reverts back to yeah. is really a good little ground cover, and it's real hardy. Yeah, isn't that crazy? So if it was, if you had one and it had like a bunch of foliage on it, but you started seeing green, can you prune the green out to keep it to stay variegated? Yeah, you want to if you know because mm-hmm. it'll sure overpower the plant. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. and we. we we as gardeners think we can do that successfully. No. <laughs> I've been ty- I've been trying to do that with frosty mold for twenty years, and it, it's quicker than I am, and it's mm-hmm. stickier than I am. <laughs> That's the thing. Never, it's just not stable. I mean, you know, it's a great plant mm-hmm. when it has all of that nice white foliage on it. Yeah, but uh, it will revert, and it'll be sneaky about it. It'll do it at night when you don't see it. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> That is true. Well, it's fine for a container, for the texture and all of that. And then when it reverts to green, then we'll just plant it out in the yard and enjoy it that way. Well, that that's right. I don't. It don't. I don't even struggle with that much anymore because mm-hmm. I mean, there are 
plants are a whole lot smarter than I'll oh, ever be. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but anyway, Joel did make the trip up from Ryan to Mississippi this morning. He got here early. And I don't know if we're going to make it out to the garden or not, but we would, we, I just really miss that garden experience because after you've done it that long, oh, yeah. it just kind of gets to be a habit, you know, yeah. Jim, you know, well, and of course, it's, uh, from what uh, the director out there said, that they had a really a good selection, and from what I saw on the webpage, they've really got a lot of great plants, so everybody needs to get out there, it ain't raining. And just make your appointment, I guess, and get out there and get some plants. Sounds fantastic. Y'all go Thank do you, that, Mr. too. Now, back to Mid-South Gardening, powered by Palladio Home and Garden. Find out more at PalladioMemphis.com on the Mighty 990 and 1079 FM KWAM. Oh, yeah. Good morning. Welcome back. You don't see anybody jumping up and down in the chairs around <laughs> so here. You're going to have to man do. moving. Yeah, okay. way to go, Jim. We know we got yeah. Gloria on the phone, but also, guys, we had a uh, new texter, Wind- a new texter, a new text from a texter. Does that make sense? A texter. Uh, Wendy Johnson <laughs> said, um, we have several small dogwood seedlings that are approximately two foot tall. They are healthy, but do have more than one liter, more than one uh, stem coming up. Uh, at what size should I be concerned about pruning to a main leader? Question mark. So you got these volunteers that are out mm-hmm. there, dogwoods, which I think is great, by the way, to have volunteers coming up. What do you do? I mean, do, do we just do we pay that much attention to it, or just let them do their thing? They they are not naturally a single trunk tree. Okay, they tend to branch and form a open topped wide tree. So, I mean, you you can if you want to make them a single tree, go ahead and carefully remove one the leaders now. Uh, But Mm -hmm. you know, if you can just leave it alone, and it'll be absolutely beautiful. No, but if you're going to do it two foot tall, I mean, now is the time to do do it it now while it's young. Yeah, yeah, not you don't have to do it when it's like six inches tall or foot tall because you're wanting as much foliage as you can for the root system. But if it gets, so like y'all said, about two feet, and then if you're getting three or four feet, it gets a little harder for the shaping. So, so Wendy, you you don't have to do it by any means, but if you want to do it uh, yeah, any time now, it, it would be a good time to do it. And I guess we go in there and just cut one of those leaders down at, mm-hmm. you know, as close to ground level as possible. Well, or well, if it's, you know, sprouting six inches up, just, you know, pick the direction that you're going to look at it. And pick the one on the back and cut it out. So gotcha. it's like if it's a, the leaders in a if it's a V shape, like there forms a crotch at the top. That's going to cause issues, weakness. It could, yeah, it could. But the more narrow the the split is, the less strength mm-hmm. you'll have in that crotch. So, so because see, I would think if it was upright in a V, I would want to take one off. But if there was one that was kind of on the side, not totally upright, I'd want to take that off. But, you know, it's just they do fine without it. Y'all are, y'all are reminding me of Bradford pears all of a mm-hmm. sudden. Yeah. But, yeah, because, Jim, don't you think they're fine without it, without yeah, pruning? I, I wouldn't do anything to them. Yeah. I just let them go. You know, so often lower limbs on a plant are going to die off anyway true, as it gets bigger true. and shade itself. Uh, now you have two trunks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
yeah. would be good for it. Yeah. So, Wendy, either way, you're fine. Right. But if you're going to do it, go ahead and cut them, start cutting them back now. Exactly. Okay, let's go to Miss Gloria with the community news. Good morning, Miss Gloria. You're Mid-South Gardening with us. Good morning, Kenneth, Jim, and Veda. How are you? We're great, Miss Gloria. And I tell you what, driving in this morning, it was raining so hard, I could hardly mm-hmm. see the road. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, Saturdays are just, I've got so much stuff to get done outside. And that's when I kept think, talking to uh, Veda and Jim yeah. about, hey, I think I'm running behind. Mm-hmm. But I'm not because plant sales are going on. I mean, right now, spring to me is just now starting, right? Mm-hmm. It is. So I, well, I'm I, glad you told me it was raining outside because I'll have to be really careful with Jack. Yes, yes, you will because it is. Okay. It's been wet, my dear. Okay. Well, I have three plant sales to tell you about. Yes, ma'am. Okay. I've already been to the botanic plant sale. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, it is fantastic. It really is, and and it it starts at t- nine today and runs till five. Mm-hmm. You have to make your reservation. And then next week, the 26th to the 30th, mm-hmm. it will be from 10 to 2. And this is the website you go to to make your reservations. Okay. And it's very easy. Yes, ma'am. Very easy. Just go to www.memphisbotanicgarden.com mm-hmm. slash plant sale. Doug, any easier than that? You're right. No, no, but but you are required to wear a, a mask, and they're only letting so many people in at a time. And it was so great for me to see all my friends and everything at Botanic. They helped me. They pulled my wagon for me. I mean, they they did everything for me. Yeah, and I really I, had a rough week. Yeah, well, and I agree with what you're just saying. Uh, Gloria, we're talking to Mr. Paul a while ago, you know, he talking about after 25 years, you know, this is that he really misses it. And it's not really the sale. I mean, you're missing the people there, you know, mm-hmm. and and the, the, the face to face talking. Right. I agree. And I miss Mr. Paul. I just missed him. <laughs> yeah, we I do. mean, they had a few seat him. But nothing like Mr. Paul. Yeah, I it agree. just wanted. It just almost made me cry because Mr. Paul wasn't there. It really did. Yeah. Well, we miss him too. But he's healthy and he's uh, still doing his thing at his place, so he's okay. Yeah, I still talk. I still talk to him and check on him. All right. You said a couple and more plant also sales. Also today is Bartlett City Beautiful Plant Sale, and it's running from nine to six. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's at 6777 Stage Road mm-hmm. next to Topps Barbecue. Okay. Okay. But I do not suggest you eat at Topps, okay? I'm just <laughs> telling you. It's wonderful. I had Love it just it. this week. Yeah. You did? Yes. I mean. Well, I guess we just didn't get good barbecue because it wasn't, it wasn't good. And then next week. Is UT Jackson's plant sale, and it starts Thursday, April twenty ninth, mm-hmm. and it runs from ten to two outside in the parking lot. Got it. And then their master gardeners are having their sale inside the building, but you cannot take any. W- w- big any wagons inside right you can take your wagons outside yeah. but you can't take them inside 
And Jason is suggesting that um, you bring some boxes because they don't have a whole lot of boxes. And that and true. And, and, real, and you said from 10 to 2, Miss Gloria? It's 10 to 2, and then on Saturday, May 1st, it's only, it's early, 7 a.m. to 11 a.m. Yeah. Okay. And his plant list is on sale now, so we you can look at all the plants they're going to have. Mm-hmm. Plus, all this week, this last week, every day, he has done a video on the plants that are going to be at the plant sale. So you can see exactly what they look like. Wow. Oh, uh, I mean, he has really gone out. Well, really I mean, has. people he, um, he has done a wonderful job. Well, thank you, Miss Gloria. Well, we thanks, appreciate Gloria. it. we got to go to another call here in just a second. Thank so. you, dear, to keep everybody thanks informed. Well, y'all, there's. Uh, I'm just glad to, to see that they're still doing the sales, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, remember last year, everything was completely virtual. Uh, and this year, you know, you can still get online, uh, and you still have to register for some of these. But uh, people are still getting out there uh, now. They're getting out more than they did last I year. I wonder if I can make that today. Can we slip that call in? Yes. Oh, that's right. Um, because his board's kind of messed up. Good morning. You're in the garden. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Yes. Hi. Sorry, we don't have the name on the board. It's kind of messed up. So here you, you're on. It's you. <laughs> okay. Uh, I got a question. What? type of variety of azaleas can you plant on a full sun side of the house? Mm, well, not hardly well, the any. Encores, well, the, in, the encores. The um, encores. And then any of the natives, the deciduous azaleas. Yeah. In fact, um, you know, the the old, when we were growing up, you know, it was mm-hmm. just the traditional azaleas that grew in high shade, filtered sun, more of a shaded environment. And then since then, they've come out with a lot of the hybrids, uh, like the Encores. And there's many different varieties of Encore azaleas. Uh, and they actually need more sun mm-hmm. than right. your traditional azaleas do. I didn't do. know they could take full sun. Oh, I've seen them in containers, uh, in yeah. pots, around swimming now, pools. some do better than others, you know. Yeah. In fact, some of them turn red during the wintertime, mm-hmm. and I'm not as pressed, impressed with them even in yeah. the sun. But the uh, the lighter colors that retain the green foliage throughout the winter, like mm-hmm. the whites that I planted out front this building, yeah. um, they'll take full sun. And as long as you keep the moisture yeah. on them, yeah. um, they'll be fine. Yeah. Now, right. some of them, whenever you plant an, an evergreen azalea in the sun, you got to watch them for mm-hmm. lace bugs. I mean, that's a possibility. Right. And that varies from variety to variety about how susceptible they are. Um, but, you know... A drench or, you know, a spray once every four to six weeks or so, and you can keep them under control. Yeah. Or if you don't want to do all that maintenance to make them work, do something different. But so Encore Azaleas for the sun. Yeah. All right, we got to run to a break real quick, and we'll be back. The Mid-South's conservative blowtorch, the Mighty 990 KWAM. Good morning, good morning, welcome back to Mid-South Gardening. It's about time for y'all to, after you listen to the Fix It Up show, of course, after us, or put your um, headsets on, and you can listen to it on Facebook, stream us, you can do that too, but it's about time for us to go garden. Yeah, it won't be long, and people are still texting in. We had uh, Mary text in, she said, I have two palms that I have brought in to overwinter, of course. And within the last two or three weeks, they are turning yellow. And it's uh, all the leaves, not just from the bottom up. And we see that a good bit. Um, I, I mean, I would take them outside, 
I'd mm-hmm. wash them down really good in case they got spider mites on them, which they very well could. Uh, so take them outside, wash them down, uh, and feed them. You know, get some palm tone yeah. or... That'll work great. But normally, too, the, the bottom uh, leaves do yellow. Because... But she said these are from the bottom up. I yeah, mean, the, the whole thing plant. is turning that way. Yeah. You know, whether it stayed too wet, whether uh, it stayed too dry, whether it got too... You from know, the bottom up on a yeah. palm. So you've got a trunk. The whole thing is, is turning yellow on yeah. her. And yeah. then you've got all the... Well, was it inside? Well, we don't know mm-hmm. what kind of palm it is, whether yeah. it's a multi-trunk or a single trunk, you know, so that's a little more difficult to diagnose. But, mm-hmm. you know, whether if it gets too dry or too wet, the end result is identical. You yeah. know, the plant mm-hmm. can no longer take up water and it begins to yellow. So, um, but, you know, Kenneth's spot on. Mm-hmm. Do what he says. Just take it outside. Wash it down, um, and wash it, uh, A, to get dust off the, the fronds, mm-hmm. but also in case you got spider mites on there. You can get rid of millions of mites with just good cold water and feed this thing. Now, and outside, guys, I don't when I bring it from in the house to outside, because I had it inside like she did to overwinter it, I don't want to put these palms in full blazing afternoon sun. Absolutely. You know, I still want to put it where they get some morning sun, mm-hmm. some filtered sun, or some good high shade. Not in a dark area, but not in that full sun, Mary, so... Get them outside, wash them down, baby, and then just go ahead and feed them, and hopefully they'll green up and flush back out. Sounds good. Yep, because there is palm tone. So the we because we do well with palms. Oh, the windmill palms. You think they made it through? Mine did. Okay, yeah. but I, I planted a new needle palm last mm-hmm. fall, um, and and it did not make it. But I've got two huge ones that are beautiful. Yeah, I mean, they weren't phased at all. They they'll were t- established. Yeah, they'll take yeah. minus twenty, and they're just happy mm-hmm. as they can be. Um, mm. But um, the little one that I planted, and it's probably my fault. I didn't get enough water on it to, mm. you know, because oh. it was a brand new raised bed, and mm-hmm. I had a spot for it, so I just put it there, yeah. and I didn't go back out till this spring. Well, we're glad you. <laughs> yeah. said that's what happens. Well, Lee, we're glad you experimented with that for us. Yeah, yeah, good experiment. So the windmill palm is going to be fine. Yeah, well, you could actually kind of have a tropical-looking landscape here of things that can come yeah, back. Yeah, but I tell you what, palms, though, the ones that you bring inside, you know, in, in the winter, you have to because they won't mm-hmm. live outside. Um, they, as long as I've been alive, they can be problematic. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, if you give them good light if you uh, do, and have good drainage, uh, you want to keep them moist, not wet, and you surely want to make sure that you don't have any uh, webbing for spider mites on there. Um you know, that's really all you can do. But like I said, on her case, guys, let's get it out, wash it down, and feed it. I think she'll be okay. All right, we've got a caller on. Oh, he's still on there trying okay. to. Uh, oh, question? Yeah, yeah we had a question like, in I can't from see. Uh, someone. Oh, can I keep the tiger eye butylton on a shaded front porch? Yeah, that's from uh, Audrey Fielding. Yeah, yeah. Shade. Well, that loves, loves that hot, hot sun. Yeah, it's probably not going to bloom very yeah, well for you. Yeah, yeah. And there's so many cultivars of that now. It's called a flowering maple mm-hmm. um, because the foliage is maple-like. Yeah. Uh, although it's not a maple, but... Uh, in fact, I was looking at Logie's Greenhouse yesterday, mm-hmm. and they must have 25 varieties. So, yeah. so wow. for Audrey, then, for Audrey, the best thing to do is put it somewhere where you're going to get more sun. Now, he can yeah. keep it up there on the front porch, which is pretty shaded, he said. Mm-hmm. It'll do fine, but you're just not going to get the bloom uh, that you typically would right. get. Uh, right. 
Yeah, because sometimes things look great with the foliage and, and not getting the bloom, too. Yeah, true But that. for your best, biggest bloom, at least six hours of sun. Mm. But I remember in Central Texas, we grew those because they could handle all that drought and that heat mm-hmm. and all of that. Um, okay, we've got Barbara on one. Good morning, Barbara. Okay. <clears throat> Poana and lawn companies, they seem to not spray it and say that it will die when it gets hot, but yet mm-hmm. it's reseeding all over my yard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for people that don't know, Barbara, Poana is that annual bluegrass that comes mm-hmm. up uh, in people's lawns. It looks just like a little soft green grass. How long have you had your yard service? Oh, 15 years. Okay. Well, they botched it because they should have controlled it with a pre-emerge last fall. So they either didn't get it down, they got it down too early, or they didn't get it down um, soon enough. Late, yeah, late enough. Because it's such a long germinating season, and some herbicides just won't last that long. So and that's why we recommend a September and a December application for Poana because it can germinate all during that time. So if you've got it out in your lawn, they botched it. Yeah. Now, there isn't much they can do now other than a few things like uh, image, image yeah. which, but mm-hmm. they're not going to do that because they don't spray that commercially. Um, but it is something that you could pick up and just hook to your hose and, and spray if you wanted to. Yeah. Uh, and and it, is there a ready-to-use image yeah. now? It's a ready-to-spray. Oh. Okay. Oh, but no ready-to-use. Okay. No ready-to-use. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, Barbara, you're right. I mean, Poana, it, it is going to burn out when it gets hot. Uh, but it's going to drop a million seeds. You're right. right. It's right. going to drop those seeds. But like Jim said, next fall, yeah, you make sure they put that pre-emergent down. And, and typically speaking, a pre-emergent has a residual from 30 to, I mean, I'm sorry, 90 mm-hmm. to 120 days. But we tell people to put that pre-emergent down in September and then come back in about three months and put the pre-emergent down again. And that will keep okay. most of that poana from ever germinating. And that's the key is to prevent it from coming up to start right. with. So I'll ask them about applying a pre-emergent for your poana. Yeah. Okay. Well, I know they do pre- pre-emerge. Okay. But well, they're missing spots or something. Well, yeah. it could be. Uh, mm-hmm. But but any poana that's up and growing, <clears throat> you know, we do carry a product, like I said, called Image. Um, an image you can safely use in Bermuda and Zoysia. But one thing you don't want to do is use image during the transition period when it's coming out of dormancy or when it's going into dormancy. So, okay. you know, you it's not a good idea to spray your whole lawn with image, not this, not this early in the season because it's coming out of dormancy right now. All right. Well, thanks for the call. That is definitely a question I'm sure a lot yeah, of people are wondering you, about. And, you know, also like on the pre-emergence, you say 30 to well, 90, 90 to 120, 120 days, days. Depending on how heavy you put it down. And um, But, you know, like in the spring, since it rains so much, then you would go on the lighter side. I'd figure 90 yeah. days. If I, I Even if I put it down at the a little heavier rate, at the 120-day mm-hmm. rate, I would still figure... Yeah. It's probably not going to make it for the whole 120 right, days. Right, right, yeah. And then in the summertime, well, if you put it down late spring and you go through the summertime, since we don't have as much rain, then you could probably get a little bit longer than 90. But I just want to stick with the every three well, months. Well, and I agree with what you and Jim say. I mean, I like to start in September, put it down, come back in about three months and put it down again, and then come back in three months mm-hmm. and do it a third time. Yeah, well, that's, you know, the third time is really critical for crabgrass. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So I would say this year, the two things that you could do to improve your experience in the garden and make it better is 
amend your soil with good quality soil and start using pre-emergence because that just cuts back on so much time of your weeding and your spraying. Boy, you're not kidding. If you can prevent that seed from coming up instead of have to deal with it later on, shh. Happy summer. Thank you, man. Well, we're going to miss y'all, but we will be with you next weekend. You've been listening to Veda, Kenneth, and Jim, Mid-South Gardening.